Welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, the podcast that brings you through the entire Bible in 260 days. Have you ever wanted to read the whole Bible but struggled to do so? This podcast is meant to help you do it. With five 15 to 20 minute episodes per week, you will hear the entire Bible read to you. There will also be occasional brief notes to help explain context, as well as a concluding question or thought to consider. So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode 38. Today our theme is atonement. It's a special word that describes the act of someone paying or sacrificing for the sin of another, and by doing so, paying for that sin. And we'll see this in Leviticus, in the Day of Atonement described. We'll see it in Psalm 31 that describes someone feeling that they're going through the process of paying and sacrificing for somebody else, and Jesus himself takes some of the words of Psalm 31 to his own lips on the cross. And then we'll see it also in Hebrews chapter 6 that describes Jesus as the one who goes behind the curtain into the holy place as the final atonement. So we begin today with Leviticus 15. The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, speak to the Israelites and tell them, When any man has a discharge from his body, his discharge is unclean. Now this is uncleanness in regard to his discharge. Whether his body secretes his discharge or blocks his discharge, he is unclean. All the days that his body has a discharge or his body blocks his discharge, this is uncleanness. Any bed the man with a discharge lies on it will be unclean, and any furniture he sits on will be unclean. Anyone who touches his bed must wash his clothes, bathe in water, and be unclean until evening. The one who sits on the furniture the man with a discharge sits on must wash his clothes, bathe in water, and be unclean until evening. The one who touches the body of the man with a discharge must wash his clothes, bathe in water, and be unclean until evening. If the man with a discharge spits on a person who is ceremonially clean, that person must wash his clothes, bathe in water, and be unclean until evening. Any means of riding that man with a discharge rides on will be unclean. Anyone who touches anything that is under him will be unclean until evening. And the one who carries those items must wash his clothes, bathe in water, and be unclean until evening. Anyone whom the man with a discharge touches without having rinsed his hands in water must wash his clothes, bathe in water, and be unclean until evening. The day the, A clay vessel which the man with the discharge touches must be broken and any wooden utensil must be rinsed in water. When the man with the discharge becomes clean from his discharge, he is to count off for himself seven days for his purification and he must wash his clothes, bathe in fresh water, and be clean. Then on the eighth day he is to take for himself two turtle doves or two young pigeons and he is to present himself before the Lord at the entrance of the meeting tent and give them to the priest. And the priest is to make one of them a sin offering and the other a burnt offering. So the priest is to make atonement for him before the Lord for his discharge. When a man has a seminal emission, he must bathe his whole body in water and be unclean until evening. And he must wash in any water any clothing or leather that has semen on it, and it will be unclean until evening. As for a woman whom a man goes to bed with, then has seminal emission, they must bathe in water and be unclean until evening. When a woman has a discharge and her discharge is blood from her body, she is to be in her menstruation seven days, and anyone who touches her will be unclean until evening. Anything she lies on during her menstruation will be unclean, and anything she sits on will be unclean. Anyone who touches her bed 
must wash his clothes, bathe in water, and be unclean until evening. Anyone who touches any furniture she sits on must wash his clothes, bathe in water, and be unclean until evening. If there is something on the bed or on the furniture she sits on, when, she, when he touches it, it will be unclean until evening. And if a man actually goes to bed with her so that her menstrual impurity touches him, then he will be unclean seven days, and any bed he lies on will be unclean. When a woman's discharge of blood flows many days, not at the time of her menstruation, or if it flows beyond the time of her menstruation, all the days of her discharge of impurity will be like the days of her menstruation, she is unclean. Any bed she lies on all the days of her discharge will be to her like the bed of her menstruation. Any furniture she sits on will be unclean like the impurity of her menstruation, and anyone who touches them will be unclean, and he must wash his clothes, bathe in water, and be unclean until evening. If she becomes clean from her discharge, then she is to count off for herself seven days, and afterwards she will be clean. Then on the eighth day she must take for herself two dural doves or two young pigeons, and she must bring them to the priest at the entrance of the meeting tent. And the priest is to make one a sin offering and the other a burnt offering. So the priest is to make atonement for her before the Lord from her discharge of impurity. Thus you are to set the Israelites apart from their impurity so that they do not die in their impurity by defiling my tabernacle which is in their midst. This is the law for the one with a discharge, for the one who has a seminal omission and becomes unclean by it, for the one who is sick in her menstruation, for the one with a discharge, whether male or female, and for the man who goes to bed with an unclean woman. And the Lord spoke to Moses after the death of Aaron's two sons when they approached the presence of the Lord and died. And the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron, your brother, that he must not enter at any time into the holy place inside the special curtain in front of the atonement lid that is on the ark, so that he may not die, for I will appear in, a cl in the cloud over the atonement lid. In this way Aaron is to enter the sanctuary. With a young bull for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering, he must put on a holy linen tunic, linen leggings are to cover his body, and he is to wrap himself with a linen sash and wrap his head with a linen turban. They are holy garments, so he must bathe his body in water and put them on. He must also take two male goats from the congregation of the Israelites for a sin offering and one ram for a burnt offering. Then Aaron is to present the sin offering bull, which is for himself, and is to make atonement on behalf of himself and his household. Next, he must take the two young goats and stand them before the Lord at the entrance of the meeting tent. And Aaron is to cast lots over the two goats, one lot for the Lord and one lot for Azazel. Aaron must then present the goat which has been designated by lot for the Lord, and he is to make it a sin offering. But the goat which has been designated by lot for Azazel is to be stood alive before the Lord to make atonement on it by sending it away into the desert to Azazel. Now you might be wondering, who is this Azazel? Uh, this is a Hebrew word that the meaning is a little bit uncertain. Some translations use the word scapegoat here. And it's the idea that this one goat is chosen for the sins to be put on this goat. We'll see this in a minute when we read through it. And then that goat is sent away as if to say the sins are being sent away into the desert. And so that's where we get the actual word scapegoat from. Back to Leviticus 16. Aaron is to present the sin offering bull, which is for himself, and he is to make atonement on behalf of himself and his household. He is to slaughter the sin offering bull, which is for himself, and take a censer full of coals of fire from the altar before the Lord, and a full double handful of finely ground fragrant incense, and bring them inside the curtain. 
He must then put the incense on the fire before the Lord, and the cloud of incense will cover the atonement lid which is above the ark of the testimony, so that he will not die. Then he is to take some of the blood of the bull and sprinkle it with his finger on the eastern face of the atonement lid, and in front of the atonement lid he is to sprinkle some of the blood seven times with his finger. Aaron must then slaughter the sin offering goat which is for the people. He is to bring its blood inside the curtain, and he is to do with its blood just as he did to the blood of the bull. He is to sprinkle it on the atonement lid in front of the atonement lid. And so he is to make atonement for the holy place from the impurities of the Israelites and from their transgressions with regard to all their sins. And thus he is to do for the meeting tent which resides with them in the midst of their impurities. Nobody is to be in the meeting tent when he enters to make atonement in the holy place until he goes out. And he has made atonement on his behalf on behalf of his household, and on behalf of the whole assembly of Israel. Then Aaron is to go out to the altar which is before the Lord and make atonement for it. He is to take some of the blood of the bull and some of the blood of the goat and to put it all around on the horns of the altar. Then he is to sprinkle on it some of the blood with his finger seven times and cleanse and consecrate it from the impurities of the Israelites. When Aaron has finished purifying the holy place, the meeting tent, and the altar, he is to present the live goat. Aaron is to lay his two hands on the head of the live goat and confess over it all the iniquities of the Israelites and all their transgressions in regard to all their sins, and thus he is to put them on the head of the goat and send it away into the desert by the hand of a man standing ready. The goat is to bear on itself all their iniquities into an inaccessible land, so he is to send the goat away into the desert. Aaron must then enter the meeting tent and take off the linen garments which he had put on when he entered the sanctuary and leave them there. Then he must bathe his body in water in the holy place, put on his clothes, and go out and make his burnt offering and the people's burnt offering. So he is to make atonement on behalf of himself and the people. Then he is to offer up the fat of the sin offering and the smoke of the alt- on the altar. And the one who sent the goat away to Azazel must wash his clothes, bathe his water in body and water, and afterward he may re-enter the camp. The bull of the sin offering and the goat of the sin offering, whose blood was brought to make atonement in the holy place, must be brought outside the camp and their hide, their flesh and their dung must be burned up. And the one who burns them must wash his clothes and bathe his body in water, and afterward he may re-enter the camp. This is to be a perpetual statute for you. In the seventh month, on the tenth day of the month, You must humble yourselves and do no work of any kind, both the native citizen and the resident foreigner who lives in your midst. For on this day atonement is to be made for you to cleanse you from all your sins. You must be clean before the Lord. It is to be a Sabbath of complete rest for you, and you must humble yourselves. It is a perpetual statute. The priest who is anointed and ordained to act as a high priest in the place of his father is to make atonement. He is to put on the linen garments, the holy garments, and he is to purify the most holy place. He is to purify the tent of meeting and the altar, and so he is to make atonement for the priests and for all the people of the assembly. This is to be a perpetual statute for you to make atonement for all the Israelites for all their sins once a year. So he did just as the Lord had commanded Moses. The Lord spoke to Moses, Speak to Aaron, his sons, and all the Israelites, and tell them, This is the word the Lord has commanded. Blood guilt will be accounted to any man from the house of Israel who slaughters an ox or a lamb or a goat inside the camp or outside the camp, but has not brought it to the entrance of the meeting tent to present it as an offering to the Lord before the tabernacle of the Lord.
he has shed blood, so that man will be cut off from the midst of his people. This is so that the Israelites will bring their sacrifices that they are sacrificing in the open field to the Lord at the entrance of the tent of meeting to the priest, and sacrifice them there as a peace offering sacrifice to the Lord. The priest is to splash the blood on the altar of the Lord at the entrance of the meeting tent, and offer the fat up and smoke for a soothing aroma to the Lord. So the people must no longer offer their sacrifices to the goat demons acting like prostitutes by going after them. This is to be a perpetual statute for them throughout their generations. You are to say to them, Any man from the house of Israel or from the resident foreigners who live in their midst, who offers a burnt offering or a sacrifice, but does not bring it to the entrance of the meeting tent to offer to the Lord, that person will be cut off from his people. Any man from the house of Israel or from the resident foreigners who live in their midst, who eats any blood, I will set my face against that person who eats the blood, and I will cut him off from the midst of his people. For the life of every living thing is in the blood. So I myself have assigned it to you on the altar to make atonement for your lives. For the blood makes atonement by means of the life. Therefore I have said to the Israelites, No person among you is to eat blood, and no resident foreigner who lives among you is to eat blood. Any man from the Israelites or from the resident foreigners who live in their midst, who hunts a wild animal or a bird that may be eaten, must pour out its blood and cover it with soil. For the life of all flesh is in its blood. So I have said to the Israelites, You must not eat the blood of any living thing, because the life of every living thing is in its blood. All who eat it will be cut off. Any person who eats an animal that has died of natural causes, or an animal that torn by beasts, whether a native citizen or a resident foreigner, must wash his clothes, bathe in water, and be unclean until evening. Then he will be clean. But if he does not wash his clothes and does not bathe his body, he will bear his punishment for his iniquity. So there we have it again, God with these different rules for clean and unclean. But the recurring theme is that atonement is made through blood because life is in the blood. And that means blood must be shed to pay for sin. And we see this in what Jesus has done. And now we move to Psalm 31, a psalm that Jesus actually partly takes to his lips on the cross. You'll notice that in verse 5. For the music director, a psalm of David. In you, O Lord, I have taken shelter. Never let me be humiliated. Vindicate me by rescuing me. Listen to me. Quickly deliver me. Be my protector and refuge, a stronghold where I can be safe. For you are my high ridge and my stronghold. For the sake of your own reputation, you lead me and guide me. You will free me from the net they hid for me. For you are my place of refuge. Into your hand I entrust my life. You will rescue me, O Lord, the faithful God. I hate those who serve worthless idols, but I trust in the Lord. I will be happy and rejoice in your faithfulness, because you noticed my pain, and you are aware of how distressed I am. You do not deliver me over to the power of the enemy. You enable me to stand in a wide open place. Have mercy on me, O Lord, for I am in distress. My eyes grow dim from suffering. I have lost my strength. For my life nears its end in pain. My years draw to a close as I groan. My strength fails me because of my sin, and my bones become brittle. Because of all my enemies, people disdain me. My neighbors are appalled by my suffering. Those who know me are horrified by my condition. Those who see me in the street run away from me. I am forgotten like a dead man no one thinks about. I am regarded as worthless, like a broken jar. 
for I hear what so many are saying, the terrifying news that comes from every direction. When they plot together against me, they figure out how they can take my life. But I trust in you, O Lord. I declare, you are my God. You determine my destiny. Rescue me from the power of my enemies and those who chase me. Smile on your servant. Deliver me because of your faithfulness. O Lord, do not let me be humiliated, for I call out to you. May evil men be humiliated. May they go wailing to the grave. May lying lips be silenced, lips that speak defiantly against the innocent with arrogance and contempt. How great is your favor, which you store up for your loyal followers. In plain sight of everyone, you bestow it on those who take shelter in you. You hide them with you, where they are safe from the attacks of men. You conceal them in a shelter, where they are safe from slanderous attacks. The Lord deserves praise, for he demonstrated his amazing faithfulness to me when I was besieged by enemies. I jumped to conclusions and said, I am cut off from your presence, but you heard my plea for mercy when I cried out to you for help. Love the Lord, all you faithful followers of his. The Lord protects those who have integrity, but he pays back in full the one who acts arrogantly. Be strong and confident, all you who wait on the Lord. And we conclude with Hebrews chapter 6. Therefore, we must progress beyond the elementary instructions about Christ and move on to maturity, not laying this foundation again, repentance from the dead, works, and faith in God, teaching about ritual washings, laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And this is what we intend to do, if God permits. For it is impossible in the case of those who have once been enlightened, tasted the heavenly gift, become partakers of the Holy Spirit, tasted the good word of God and the miracles of the coming age, and then have committed apostasy to renew them again to repentance, since they are crucifying the Son of God for themselves all over again and holding him up to contempt. For the ground that has soaked up the rain that frequently falls on it and yields useful vegetation for those who tend it receives a blessing from God. But if it produces thorns and thistles, it is useless and about to be cursed. Its fate is to be burned. But in your case, dear friends, even though we speak like this, we are convinced of better things relating to salvation. For God is not unjust so as to forget your work and the love you have demonstrated for his name and having served and continuing to serve the saints. But we passionately want each of you to demonstrate the same eagerness for the fulfillment of your hope until the end, so that you may not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and perseverance inherit the promises. Now when God made his promise to Abraham, since he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely I will bless you greatly and multiply your descendants abundantly. And so by persevering, Abraham inherited the promise. For people swear by something greater than themselves, and the oath serves as a confirmation to end all dispute. In the same way, God wanted to demonstrate more clearly to the heirs of the promise that his purpose was unchangeable, and so he intervened with an oath, so that we who have found refuge in him may find strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us through two unchangeable things, since it is impossible for God to lie. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, sure and steadfast, which reaches inside behind the curtain, where Jesus, our forerunner, entered on our behalf, since he became a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. And I hope you notice there at the very end, this picture again of 
the priest, the high priest, Jesus himself, going behind, behind the curtain into the place where he could make atonement as the final sacrifice that his blood was shed so that our sins could be completely forgiven. Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, http netbible.com, copyright 1996 2019, used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC, all rights reserved. Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music. You're-